Welcome to Art Talks. I am your host, Richard Codd, and I want to thank you for joining us here today on KZMU for another edition of Art Talks. Today's show focuses on the Summer Snow Art Program that is held each year at Snow College in Ephraim, Utah. You'll hear from the program's directors about how it started and the types of courses they offer. I also spoke with one of the instructors and founders of Summer Snow, Carl Purcell, about his workshop on watercolor painting. Then, after Carl, we'll hear from a few students about what they thought of Summer Snow. And finally, I'll share my thoughts on the watercolor workshop that I took and my impressions of the Summer Snow program. And later in the show, we'll hear about the Moab Arts and Recreation Department's market on Center Street, which happens every other week here in Moab. First up is my interview with Brad Taggart and Adam Larson. They are the co-directors of the Summer Snow Art Program, which is held every year at Snow College. Snow College was founded in 1888. It primarily serves the counties of central Utah. Over 5,000 students attend the college, which offers both two- and four-year degree programs. Almost 50% of the students continue their education upon graduation at four-year institutions in Utah and other universities throughout the United States. Snow College offers over 40 art courses, and students can earn their Associates of Fine Arts or an Associates of Arts degree. Snow also boasts a strong music and theater arts program. My guests are Brad Taggart and Adam Larson. They are the co-directors of Summer Snow. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. So, so tell me, um, I found out about this program from a friend, but tell me, what is Summer Snow? Well, Summer Snow is a program that's been going on for over 45 years here at Snow College. Uh, we bring in visiting artists uh, for two full weeks of intensive uh, visual art workshops uh, each year. And uh, it's a, a program that, that people can come to and enjoy just getting away, coming and working with a professional in uh, many different mediums uh, for a week and kind of recharging, regenerating. How did it start? Uh, Carl Purcell and Osril Allred were watercolor artists and teachers. Um, the art department at Snow College was really small. Back in oh, the 70s, early to mid-70s, very small. But they wanted to find a way to expand potential offerings and allow students and, and artists from all over outside of the, the local community to come and study with them and other artists and learn watercolor. And it went that way until oh, probably, what, about 10 years ago? 10 or 12 years ago. 10 or 12 years ago. And then we decided that we would expand it out Instead of just being a watercolor-based workshop, we opened it up and we brought in uh, artists that work primarily in drawing media. Uh, we started sculpture, photography, mm. uh, gallery practice. So we bring in a variety of artists, and it's really expanded out. I'm surprised by the, the number and the quality of artists mm. that are interested in coming here to teach. Do you change the classes like yearly? Like next year, will there be some new classes 
Yeah, we typically have uh, Carl Purcell back every year. He is the grandfather of the program, and yeah. so he he's a staple. Uh, he typically teaches both weeks, uh, whether it's a watercolor class each week or a drawing class the first week and a watercolor class the second week. And and then uh, we have a few people that have come maybe every year, every other year, but we like to shake it up a little bit, change up the offerings. Uh, we have a new printmaker each year. Uh, we have typically a, a drawing workshop of some kind and then uh, some type of photography workshop. So we tend to change those up uh, yearly. Uh-huh. Who, who comes, who, who's the typical student at these programs? The, the students average probably, I would say, between the ages of about 30 and up into the 80s. Uh, people who have been return uh, students year after year for a long time. And uh, we have a lot of art educators, we have a lot of professional artists, and then just amateurs that are wanting to, to improve their skills. So that's mostly our demographic, but we've had anywhere from, we've had a 14-year-old attend, mm. and uh, all the way up into probably close to 90 uh, we've had here. And we also have uh, participants coming from all over the nation. We've had people coming from Florida, from New York, Seattle, uh, California, and that's typically in Alaska. We had had a whole group from Fairbanks, Alaska, and art. It was an art group from Fairbanks, Alaska that found out about us somehow. I can't tell you how they found out about us, but there was a whole contingent of people that came from Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, that's interesting. How, How much do the classes cost? We try to keep the prices low. I know there's a lot of other workshops in the nation that have prices that are pretty, especially for a, a beginning artist or a young student to attend. And we keep our prices uh, around $400, uh, which includes the the workshop facilities fees as well as the uh, the workshop fees themselves for supplies and, so, and such. And then, of course, housing uh, typically is about $15 a night for off-campus housing. So we try to keep it affordable enough that, that a student can come and, and, and work through the program. And then, of course, we also give uh, one credit. We provide one credit, Snow College credit, that they can actually get for oh. each week. Oh. So that does help if, if somebody's in a program and they, they can add that to their, their curriculum. We also tailor it a little bit to educators, high school, secondary educators that need relicensure points mm. for the program. So we have them come in and... Um, Teachers, we know, we know, we we don't make a ton of money, and right. Right. <laughs> so we try to keep the cost low, mm-hmm. so it's appealing to teachers as an option to come and retool and and get some experience and have a community of artists yeah, to work. I've, with. I've noticed that the, a number of the people I've talked to and a number of the uh, participants in my watercolor class are teachers, mm-hmm. and I guess they're enhancing their skills or they're anticipating they may be starting to take over maybe a painting program and is ah i gotta go get my some refreshers yeah absolutely yeah so we have you know we have middle school teachers elementary school teachers and high school teachers as well as college teachers that come and take the courses so it's really a great time just to you know come together and interact uh network with other people uh, the studios are typically open late into the evening, and a lot of more casual conversation and dialogue takes place during that time, which which I think is one of the most exciting times, too. What is the goal of the program? Do you, do you have a specific goal? Um, or ha- let me say it this way. How do, you, how do you step back and measure the success of your program? Like, after we all go home, do you, do you say, well, that was pretty good, but we didn't do 
AMD. Well, as as artists, we're constantly engaging in critique. Mm-hmm. So we like to be critiqued. So mm-hmm. one of the things we do at the end of the workshop is we give everyone a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What didn't you like? What suggestions might you have for mm-hmm. improvement? So that's obviously a, a measurable and you really uh, read outcome. those. They don't we, just yeah, go right No, we really read right those. And and we'll ask for suggestions on, hey, is there an artist you'd maybe like to mm, see here? Mm. And if we get a request, we look into it and we consider it. Right. So that's a measurable um, outcome that we can we can see where our success is. But really it's the people that come up to us at the end of the week and say, thank you. Thank you so much for putting this together. This has been so spectacular. I've made new friends. I've learned new skills. So that the the anecdotal that really the smiles on the faces, it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. And like I said, I found out about it from friends who have been here before. Mary Pusey, I think has been Mm -hmm. here. Um, Brenda Brunello. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think some of them may have, thought about coming but weren't sure with covid yeah. well right. i think i'll come in 2022 we honestly weren't sure about running it this year yeah. because of covid it just well, being it was so close last year. Yeah. yeah being so close on the heels of covid we were really unsure of how successful this would be but i think people are just itching to get out and have some experiences so it's it's been more successful than i expected this year honestly let me ask you a question about the Go back to the cost issue. There may be some students who just can't afford that three ninety five. Mm-hmm. Do you work with them? Do you have scholarship programs? Well, on campus, our students uh, actually get half off if they're a current student or mm-hmm. a, a student that's finished up that year. We we give them a a discounted rate, and so that helps students that are currently at Snow College. Um, in, we haven't had any kind of scholarshiping program, and financial aid does not cover this program, so you can't actually get financial aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons also we try to keep it a little bit lower than most of the other uh, workshop series. We, we do offer, uh, in one context, we offer two scholarships. Uh, we have the six-county area, the kind of the swath through central Utah mm-hmm. uh, high schools that don't typically go far far enough north to participate in, say, the Springville Art Show. But they'll mm. come and they'll participate here. And uh, there are teachers that organize a show, and it's put on in our gallery. And we offer two scholarships to uh, a couple of stu- deserving students from the show. So uh, we'll go in and we'll evaluate the work and we'll find... Uh, the work that we feel exhibits the proper merit, and then we'll offer scholarships. So we have two young ladies here this year. Um, One is coming to us from Delta High School, and the other one's coming to us from Juab High School, both of them that had some fantastic artwork, and they're both performing really well Mm. in the workshop this year. So that is one area where we offer some scholarship. Where's the program going in the future? What are some of your future goals? It's a, it's actually a good question. Is we're full time teachers at Snow College as well, so we're not administrators, we're not marketers. Mm. We just see this need and this desire in people. So we've, it's actually one of those things where there's been times where Adam and I look at each other and say, "Wow, is this worth it? This is so much work," mm. and. Almost every year, at a specific point in time, we both look at each other and say, "I don't know if I want to do this again," but then when the people get here. And we see the excitement and the energy, and it buoys us up. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing this again. Yeah. Um, so the, the question is, how big can we get 
and still effectively manage and maintain and market and fill the classes with our expertise. Because now there's about 80 students mm -hmm. here. Yeah. If you had 300, that might just be overwhelming. Well, part of the problem, too, is is space. Yeah, our, yeah. our department is uh, obviously catered to our nine-month contract and the nine months when the students are actually on campus, traditional students. And so I think if we get too large, uh, we're going to have an issue with space. Um, and the other thing is it, it truly is a difficult thing to teach, run a program like this, and effectively run it. So one of the things we've actually thought about in the future is finding um, a person that would direct and then uh, the, the, Brad and I would actually teach mm -hmm. uh, instead mm -hmm. of uh, directing the program. So having somebody that would be dedicated to that during the year, mm -hmm. prepping for that and, and doing all of those those things uh, during the year instead so, of instead yeah. of us doing that. Well, and, and we recognize our weaknesses. Uh, we're, we're trained. I'm a, I'm a sculptor. Adam's a printmaker. We're not marketers. We don't know how to get into certain markets and, and market to particular people. I, I mean, about the best I know of is to go onto Facebook groups and something or advertise or Instagram, yeah, social yeah. media, and we make postcards. But I think there are people out there that have a better understanding of that. So, yeah, we've talked quite extensively about finding someone who has that skill package, hmm. um, and then we can focus on our skill package. So that would be somebody's full-time job or part-time no, job? No, it wouldn't be full-time by yeah. any means. It would be a, a part-time contract, okay. yeah. um, okay. supplemental yeah. contract, a lot like it is for us. So it would likely be someone from the community that dis that has that skill package. Uh, so, so, so what are some of the challenges that you've, you've, you face here with your program? Well, I think one of the things, I mean, trying to get people in here that will fill. Uh, we've had, in the past, we've had some low, lower enrolled courses um, sometimes we have to cancel a course, you know, six to eight weeks prior to the, uh, the opening because we just can't fill them, uh, whether the interest is not there for that particular thing or whether, um, it, we're just not advertising well enough for it. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard to know, but it, it, sometimes it has been in the past, not necessarily in the last few years. We've filled up pretty good in the last mm -hmm. few years. So we select people that have a history in teaching workshops and a history of, uh, you know, as an artist. And so people will actually come from other states into to Snow College, into Ephraim, and actually take a course. We, we found that most of our attendees are like you. They, they found out about this through word of mouth. So we're obviously we're missing something there on marketing this because this is a gem. There are people who come here. We've got artists that have come from Manhattan that are members of really prestigious art institutions, and they come here and they say, this is the greatest workshop I've ever taught at. Mm -hmm. And that's, it, that's great, but how do we tell everybody about that? So um, opening up new markets and finding new people beyond the word of mouth would be useful. What, what about diversity? There's not much, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, and we would love to have that. One of the things that I love about Snow College is our international student population adds so much to our experience mm -hmm. here. Students from different backgrounds um, and even students from the community that, that come from different uh, backgrounds and different demographics it makes the classroom better. It mm -hmm. makes it more exciting. There's more of a a diversity of thought, which is kind of what art is about. It's about finding new ways to look at things. And we don't, we, there's not, uh, frankly, there's not a lot of diversity in the program right now. Um, and I think that's where if we had someone that knew how to open up new markets, where we, that's not a specialty mm -hmm. we have, 
we had someone that knew how to open up new markets, mm. we could probably embrace some of that. Uh, sure. And also, just I think maybe in the, the artists we invite, maybe open up and broaden kind of the scope and the spectrum of the, the artists we invite and the demographic there. I think uh -huh. we could probably, because a lot of times the students that come here, mm come here because they know a particular artist is going to be here and they follow them here. And that's why I came because I, yeah. I knew, you know, Carl Purcell, his, mm -hmm. his um, resume, I yeah. mean, I knew a lot about him. Yeah. So it was like, oh. And I, Snow College in general, um, there are underserved members of our community that don't, that don't go to college at all. So Snow College, along with a lot of the universities in Utah, have uh, embraced a diversity initiative where they're trying to find ways to um, bring more people of, of more diverse backgrounds into college in general. So that's the focus of the college is to try to be more open and in embracing of everybody and creating opportunities for everybody. And because that's a college initiative, I think it's going to naturally grow out into the summer snow program. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. How how do people find out about summer snow? Who do you have a, uh, a website that they can go to? We do. We have a website. It's uh, worldwideweb.snow.edu/summersnow, uh, and we have we typically open up registration on December fifteenth uh, each year, and they can go in and click on. This year we will actually have this this next year we will have a housing link, uh, so the housing will be a lot more accessible uh, immediately for the participants. Um, they can schedule everything right away. And uh, so, yeah, 15th of December is when we will we'll open up registration. We also typically will try to get an advertisement in places like 15 Bytes. We'll also advertise to Facebook groups, like I said, and we'll advertise through any kind of social media platform. We send out postcards to all the educational institutions, to the high schools, uh, universities, and ask them to post those um, Utah Watercolor Society, yeah, Utah, get it yeah. on their website. Yeah. We'll oftentimes do, we'll, we'll do a, a circuit down through southern Utah, even sometimes we'll drop a stack of cards at art galleries so people going into art galleries can, can pick those up. And, okay. And, what, and if somebody has questions and they want to talk to someone be, before they register, who would, who would they talk to about that? Well, they can call uh, Sherry Nelson, who is one of our administrative assistants that, mm -hmm. that takes care of registration, or they can call myself Adam Larson or Brad Taggart, and they can go through the main number, which is Snow College, um, is 435-283-7000, uh, and ask for either of us. Well, I want to thank you very much uh, for uh, talking with me today. I wish you all the best with the next week and a half of classes. All right. Thank, thank you, Richard. Yeah, hope you enjoy the rest of your week, too. If you just joined us, you're listening to Art Talks on KZMU here in Moab, Utah. Next up is my interview with Carl Purcell. Carl is one of the premier watercolor painters, not only in Utah, but throughout the United States. He's one of the founders of the Summer Snow Art Program, which began in 1974. Carl has taught workshops in Utah and around the country and he led numerous workshops in Europe and now offers classes on YouTube and Zoom. So now I want to welcome uh, Carl Purcell to KZMU and Art Talks. Welcome, Carl. Thank you. So tell me what we were just chatting a little. What is your relationship with Snow College now? 
I'm an adjunct professor. I teach one. I teach actually drawing for non-majors. Oh, which is really fun because I get to just help people who don't think they can draw. They discover how well they really can draw. So oh, it's okay. Fun. That's that's enjoyable. How long have you been involved with summer snow? Well, uh, it was uh, my second year here. The president came to Oswald Allred and myself, and, and they said, uh, the music department has a program in the summer for kids coming on and doing music. Could you guys do something with art? So we said, oh, I guess so. You know, So we put together a program and did it the first year, and then we looked at each other afterwards and said, this isn't going to fly. Uh, we're going to run out of people in San Pete Valley pretty quick who are interested. We're going to have to do something that will bring people from like the Wasatch Front and other areas. And so we we decide, decided, the two of us, that we would do a watercolor composition workshop. How to design paintings and, you know. So, so we did it in tandem. And he taught one day, I'd teach the next day. And so we'd had time to prepare each Right, so it, it worked really well, and it's, and, and now, it just grew and grew until finally we were filling it up every year, and uh, and then after he retired, I I just did it myself, and kept it going, and it was filling up every year. I just I didn't know what I was doing right, but it seemed to be, the, you know, the result was good. Yeah. How, so how how long have you been painting? I did my first watercolor in high school, and I fell in love with it then. Oh. And so, and I, like I mentioned in class, I uh, I got first place in that all Arizona high school watercolor show, and I was pretty chuffed about that. But then, you know, later discovered I really didn't know that much. <laughs> but yeah. I had to, you know, it's been a, a Long struggle, and and I really firmly believe we ought to always be reaching for more than we can grasp hold of mm. right now. Mm. And mm. so I, I'm a lifelong student, and I keep studying other people's work. And well, I think that's so true. Uh, if you're not always trying to learn something, do something a little bit outside your comfort zone. I, that's maybe when things yeah. start to get a little boring. Exactly. My belief is that if you're, if once you reach a pinnacle where you're not learning anything else, you should die. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. That's a good philosophy. You know, at it, that point, there's no point in living. Mm. Why live if you're not going to learn something? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, tell me about watercolor is obviously your primary medium. Do, do, yeah. you, do you paint in, uh, with other mediums? I or? paint with oils and acrylic, and I love drawing uh, charcoal, pencil, pen and ink. I was going to ask you, do you ever do anything with gouache? You know, I haven't. Okay. That's what I, yeah, that's I haven't. I figure if I'm going to go opaque, I'll do oil painting. Hmm. Okay. So I haven't been... Tell me, tell me, you know, in your class, I've certainly learned a lot, but uh, for our listeners, describe your style of painting. Uh, well, like everybody, I started off painting, trying to get a lot of detail and, you know, defining everything, and then I, 
but I realized this isn't where I want to go. I, w- I want to talk about stuff, but I want to talk about it my way. I want to f- express it more, and watercolor was just the way my personality was, more, a little more laid back and uh, allow things to happen. I, I love discovery, and so, you know, I, I loved walking through a rock canyon and, and just finding out what's around the next bend and what's behind that pile of boulders. And and watercolor allows me to do that. It just it happens, and I get to discover what happens with it. Yeah, well, I, I when I think of watercolor and now as I get to, to um, spend more time with you, um, watercolors and how they flow on the page remind me of you. How... You know, it's it's not this and this. It's a process, and it, and one flows into the other. Yeah, I I think turning watercolor into a colored drawing is is sort of taking the life out of it. So I like to let it flow, and I I have a plan of where I'm going, but I I like to tread lightly into that. Well, when I, I can see them uh, when I first look at some of your paintings. It's like, where is that going? And then, lo and behold... In, yeah, there's a magic that happens. There's a magic. And, I, and I, I love the fact that you can put a stroke down here and it defines something there. Uh, wow. And it, just, and it just magically appears. still entrances me. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, because um, I know your your book is about um, using the right side of your brain, or, or 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 how we process information, and then how do we present that information? Yeah. And and you have a real um, theory on that. Yeah. What what uh, intrigued me was the problems people had with drawing, and why. And so I did a lot of brain research to find out what happens to that image. When it comes in, it comes intact into our eyes, through our eyes to our brain. What happens to it after that when it gets all muddled when you start to draw? So that that was something. But one of the main things that's driven me through the years is uh, understanding what I see and how I see it. Understanding the the fact that I don't see everything, but I make up a lot of. I mean, we see lost edges and things, but we. We make sense out of what the partial images that we see, and so I, I'm intrigued by how we process the visual information that comes into our brains. Painting is um, is a gestalt psychology where we shape things that we're kind of we take pieces, bits and pieces and put them together, and we put them together. And I think I think because of that, because of our visual experience of actually not seeing everything but making sense out of it. I think that's why we love puzzles. Mm. I think every kind of puzzles from Sudoku to you know the word puzzles and Crosswords crossword puzzles, and we start off with dot to dot, you know, connect mm-hmm. the dots mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. mix. So all kinds of puzzles, in, including mysteries and interesting. You know, who are some of the artists that have inspired you throughout oh. your career? I know this probably. Several. Yeah, Ted Kautsky was one of the early ones that I saw his books on drawing, and I, and wow, I, I adopted his broad stroke tri- style of drawing, and it served me well over the over the years. I, 
I got, I've developed my own style of that, but that's a little faster. It's not as architecturally sound as Ted Kautsky's was, mm. but he was an architect. But, uh, but it's more free flowing. But I can do a qu- quick drawing, like in about fifteen minutes, of mm. a whole plan for a painting on yeah. site. You know, so huh. that and and uh, it, his watercolors also inspired me at the beginning, and then. I saw the works of the California watercolors like Rex Brandt and Robert E. Woods and George Post and some of those, and, and that moved me. And so uh, a lot of different influences, and I so many that I probably have never done anything original in my life. Huh. I, I think everything has been influenced by someone somewhere, and I, and I believe that anybody who says I'm totally self-taught is a yeah. Is out on an ego trip because you'd have to live in a bubble, grow up, and never see any art, to never be influenced by it. So I, I think I agree with you. And, and and let's just go back to your style for a second. Um, one of the major takeaways from your class so far is everything we see is shapes. Yeah. And values. When I was a student, I I. Thought, what is it that making makes some of these paintings so powerful? And I took the books, and I was, did a lot of study in the in the library. I checked out every book they had. A, I'd just go to the library prepared with sheets of paper with little rectangles, and I would take books and turn them upside down, and look at the pattern of light and dark. And I would just do little thumbnail drawings the size of my student ID card, mm. and mm. and. I just filled them. I filled pages and pages and pa- I don't know how many I did, but it it cemented in my head that it's the construction of lights and darks that of shapes that that make the painting, no matter what the subject is. Hmm. So, hmm. yeah, that that influenced everything I did from then on. I I'm but, still entranced by that. I still do little studies and. But it, but uh, uh, part of that. The shapes and and the composition. I I love how you relate it to music. Yeah. And 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 t- can you tell us about that? Yeah, I look at things and I see the shapes dancing. I see them moving uh, like to music across the. In fact, crossing the San Rafael Swell, there's an area where the hard capstone is broken off and tumbles down the talus slope of these gray clay hills. And I I see that as, I I can almost picture a geologic crushing where we take the time and move it and watch those rocks tumble. Mm. And they do so to an orchestral movement (laughs) in my head. And Mm. it sounds a little crazy, but I see things musically. I see them as... As dances and and uh, the dancing of images, yeah, and, and light and, and rhythmical passages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the road cuts again. Going through that San Rafael swell, there's some beautiful road cuts, and they reveal all the layers and the cracks and mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and I see patterns that are just like like a, an orchestral movement. Mm. What keeps bringing you back? The summer snow. The joy of sharing it with everybody. Hmm. Just 
my love for painting, uh, I, I don't think we create art in a vacuum. And and if we're if art is it really is about expression, if art is about telling others how, what beauty there is around us, and it, I think a big part of what I do is I want people to see what I see, mm. and so mm. I say, "Wow, well, look at that!" But if I don't share it with somebody, what's the good of doing paintings and have them sit in the studio? The, yeah, what brings you? What brings you the most joy as an artist? Sharing it with others. Sharing. <laughs> it is. Sharing. It is. Yeah. And and helping others see things they haven't seen before. Mm. Which do you... Do you do plain air painting? I do. do is studio or plain air, do, do you like them both? I'll tell you... you favor uh, one? Like I teach a, a workshop in Zion Canyon every year. And I love that, going out and painting. But the, and that teaches me so much because you see a lot more than your camera does. Yeah. And so uh, I, I see things that I that I can bring back and work with in the studio. The knowledge I gained out there I bring back and, and fill in where a camera doesn't. Mm. And then I, I, do a, I like to go out and do drawings and come back... The drawing distills from the from the what I'm looking at takes just the things I'm fascinated with and puts them on paper, and then I go back to the studio and that's all that that inspires me is just that drawing, mm-hmm. and it connects me with what I saw. So I I have the reality out there, but then I transform it into another reality reality in my sketchbook. And then transform it into his third reality on the painting. Mm. So each one has a life of its own. Right, right. T- tell me, are you going? Are you doing other um, workshops in the next? Several yeah, months? well, right now it's yeah, with the COVID. Right, right. It's changed everything, and I've had to learn. I've had to learn new things, and it gives me a headache. But I've had to learn Zoom. Like I'm and, getting a yeah. headache taking your watercolor <laughs> class, right? So, <laughs> so I'm. I'm Right after this workshop, I'm, I'm doing a demonstration work uh, for a, a California Watercolor Society over oh. Zoom. And then I'm doing a three-day workshop for another society over Zoom. Well, I know you're coming I to remember. Moab. You're coming to Moab. Yeah, you're I'll coming be... to Moab and as part of yeah. our Plain Air mm-hmm. Festival. You'll be doing a, yeah. a workshop prior to the actual competition. And I just did a Zoom workshop for the Nevada Watercolor Society. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's so all those workshops are keeping you busy. Yeah, they they keep me busy. So tell me, um, where do people go? Where will they find out more about Carl Purcell and and your More art and uh, the availability of it. Yeah. You, if you go to YouTube, mm-hmm. Carl Purcell Art. Oh, I posted right. a lot of videos on there. Okay. And uh, now I have a website. What is that? Just www.carlpurcell.com. Okay. And it'll take you to the main site, and there you can see a gallery of the of artwork that I've got mm-hmm. for sale, and and uh, bio and okay all that information. Okay. Well, Carl, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today from our oh, class schedule to pleasure. talk to talk yeah. to me because. I, f- I feel like you have so much 
to give and you have been giving over, over the years that I think it's important for people um, to be able to see the kind of work that you're talking about. So, well, we all do you. different things, you know, and, and, and it all, all brings us together in humanity, you know, the lit literary people and the yeah. musicians and artists and all. I think... Yeah, it brings us together. Yeah, it does. And there's a common human spirit that I just love. Well, thank you again, Carl. Thank you. After I spoke with Carl, I then walked around the building and poked my head into a few of the other classes going on at the time. I wanted to get some of the uh, students' thoughts on the workshops and Summer Snow. All right, so now I'm drifting around uh, some of the classrooms, and I'm now in the jewelry-making studio. And uh, let me just walk up to this guy and see what he's doing. Hi, what's your name? I'm Ryan Moffat. Hey, Ryan. What, um, so what are you working on here in class? Uh, well, I've, I've been making, we've been making rings, like lost wax rings, and uh, we've been working on some fabrication with uh, silver, making uh, bezels to set stones in, and you can make pendants or huh. whatever. I, I've been doing pendants. Are you learning a lot? Oh, my goodness, learning so much. Yeah. So and much that I'm going to have to come back next year because oh, okay. <laughs> there's okay. a lot. So, so you, it, it's that valuable. Oh, it's so valuable. I love it. Oh, great. Well, hey, thanks for talking to us. Sure. So I'm still in, this, in the jewelry workshop, and I just cornered the instructor, Sam Sedman. Hi, Sam. Hi. Hey, so uh, what's going on in the studio? There's, there's a lot of people hammering away, and, and what are most of them working on? Well, <clears throat> we started off working in wax, and you carve the rings out of wax. And most of them have finally finished that, but a few of them are uh, still trying to polish up that ring. So after the wax, we melt the wax out and pour the metal in. So there's a few still working on that, but most of them are working on a hand-fabricated ring where they've uh, used wire or plate stock to bend a ring, and then they've used what's called bezel wire, which is a really thin wire, to wrap around stones and then they've soldered that onto the ring band and now they're setting stones so most of them are there's only two hours left so we're up to the wire so what are you what are you hoping that your students take away from the class because obviously they're not going to master everything here today or this week but what what, what are you hoping are some of the key um, tools that they've learned well really I'm hoping they had fun Okay. A few of them have already been making jewelry and want to get into it more. And so I want them to know other tools and other techniques that they can employ to better their jewelry. Okay. And some of them might never do jewelry again. And so I just hope they'd enjoy it. Yeah. Come away with the product. All right. Well, hey, Sam, thanks so much for chatting with me. Yeah, my pleasure. So now I've just drifted over to the watercolor class. I stopped at one desk, and, and what's your name? Jeanette Lanier. Hey, Jeanette. Tell, tell me about what you're working on. I'm doing uh, an old house out in the field with some big old green trees. It's just an abandoned home that just is so beautiful. So tell me, why are you here? Because I forgot how to watercolor. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a good reason. Yes. So are, are you learning a lot here? Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. I have learned so much. What do you think the, like, the most important takeaway from the class is? Just have fun. 
fun. That's, that's let somebody heart, else just say, yeah. jewelry. Have yes, fun. Just have fun and let your imagination go nuts and don't be afraid. And that's the hard part. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And I'll let you keep working. Oh, thank you. You're listening to Art Talks on KZMU. KZMU is a public radio station located in Moab, Utah. You can find us at 90.1 or 106.7 on your FM dial. And you can listen to KZMU at any time on www.kzmu.org. I attended my first workshop at Snow College this year. I had originally enrolled in Carl Purcell's Watercolor Basics and Composition in early 2020. Unfortunately, the COVID epidemic forced the cancellation of all in-person workshops and summer snow was postponed until this June. Since I hadn't painted much over the past year, I was really hesitant about restarting my watercolor painting, but I was already enrolled in the workshop and I figured it was a great way to jump right back into painting. And let me say up front, I loved the class. I was nervous about not having painted in a while, but Carl put everyone in the class at ease with his jokes and colorful stories about his painting experiences. And we even got him to sing Danny Boy. Our class met Monday through Friday for almost eight hours each day. Carl would lecture about his style and philosophy of watercolor painting, and then we'd try it. We tried to replicate what we just learned on our own paintings, and believe me, it didn't go too easily at first. Carl's style, though, is basically about capturing the shapes and colors of what we see. I would describe it as very loose, but well-composed. He leads us around his paintings with shapes and colors that draw us into and through the painting. Carl's paintings are not detailed representations of a scene. He implies shapes and connections through values and colors. And there's definitely a gestalt nature to it. His paintings don't show every detail, for example, of a barnyard scene. Much of it is left to the viewer to fill in the details of what they're looking at. I found his style very refreshing and challenging. The looseness grants a lot of freedom to the artist to work with various shapes of an image while not trying to paint every line and detail that we see in a photo. In his book, Drawing with the Right Side of the Brain, he stresses that we have to overcome our linear thinking about how we see a tree and how we really see a tree, which is a collection of dark and light shapes coming through with some light perhaps in the background and a range of colors and values. I found myself frustrated trying to think about shapes and not objects. It was really challenging given how I love to plan every detail in things I do. I make lists of everything and then check them off. And I even put them in the order of how I'm going to do them. So to do this free and loose style of painting was a whole new way of thinking for me. I wouldn't call Carl's style abstract or impressionistic, but it reduces the image we are painting to its foundations, shapes, and values. It lets the viewer bring their imaginations into the painting and challenges them to interpret what they are looking at. 
Well, anyway, after five full days of lectures and painting, I was exhausted. But I was excited to go home and start painting, trying to put to use all the techniques that we learned in class. Now, of course, I know that it will take lots of practice and waste cans full of tossed paintings before I feel comfortable and satisfied with my work. But in summary, if you are interested in getting started in watercolor painting or some of the other courses, jewelry making, printmaking, Summer Snow offers excellent workshops for students who are looking to enhance their skills or for beginners who are hoping to explore another area of art that they'd like to pursue. The bottom line, Summer Snow was a terrific experience and one that I highly recommend. And now on the local scene, the Moab Arts and Recreation Department is once again presenting the Market on Center, which takes place each Thursday evening from 5 to 8 p.m. right in front of City Hall. The street is closed to through traffic, and there are several booths with local and regional artists displaying jewelry, paintings, uh, produce, and other artisans, as well as community organizations, offering information on their programs. The Market on Center will start again on August 5th. It's not open during July. It starts on August 5th, and it will be there again on August 19th, and then in September on the 2nd and the 16th. I went to the previous market on uh, June 3rd, so I interviewed one of the jewelers to find out what he thought of the Market on Center. So I'm here today at the Market on Center Street, walking around, talking to some of the vendors, and one of the vendors we we're meeting with right now is Gerald Begay. Hello, Gerald. Hi, how you doing? Good. Hey, so tell me, where, where are you from? I currently live in Gallup, New Mexico, and um, I heard about this market, so I decided to come out last year, and it's been pretty well, good, you know, and good staff here and everything, uh, good setup here, so uh, it's been good to me. Good. So, so you, you were here last year, so you, you had a successful uh, um, season. season here? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I know tonight's pretty warm. Uh, and hopefully some more people will turn out. But tell me, tell me a little bit about your jewelry. There's earrings, there's pendants, there's bolo ties, all kinds of stuff. Well, the jewelry that I have on my table is all made through me. I'm the artist. Uh, My hallmark is GB for Gerald Begay. Um, I got into making jewelry back when I was in high school. I took a class when I was a senior, and from there, I enjoyed doing it you know making jewelry and when I got out of high school I looked for work and I couldn't find anything and um, a good friend of mine came across my path and he asked me you want you need a job I said sure I do I said well let's go work over here there's a place in a jewelry place that we can use you so cool let's go then I said so I went in and I started working in this um, shop and they had me doing different things like they make make about a hundred earrings, a hundred bracelets, and different things. And I just learned from there and what I learned from school, and I just put it all together. And um, they brought a specialist out to show me different things, um, how to um, solder the metal and everything else. So I learned from that. Tell me, tell me about your designs. Um, what, what are the the types of 
style that you go that you go for with your earrings or right right now I'm trying to do um, basically going through contemporary the look as the inlay I do inlay jewelry so I'll inlay the jewelry into the jewelry and then grind it down and give it a nice shine so it's a flat surface on it a lot of your designs are geometric in shape Right, the squares and do they represent anything or just just your design? Well, some of it, some of the does, and some of them go back to when my grandma used to weave rugs, and the, the, this all comes across to my grandpa too. He was a silversmith. His name was Harry Itsidi. Itsidi means silversmith in Navajo. Huh? And so, you're Navajo? Yes, I'm Navajo. Okay. And I learned. I guess I kind of got that from him, inherited that jewelry making, because I, I enjoy it so much, I, I don't get tired of doing it. Well, the stuff is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'm glad you're here. So thanks well, very much, Gerald. All right, you're welcome, and um, enjoy your day. Huh? Well, that wraps up another edition of Art Talks. I want to thank all my guests, especially the staff from Summer Snow and Carl Purcell, for joining me on the show. I hope you enjoyed hearing from them. So until next month, this is Richard Cobb. Thank you for listening to Art Talks.